This is the Rappaport Diamond Podcast. And now your host, Avi Kravitz. This podcast is brought to you by De Beers Group Ignite, pioneering a new diamond world through groundbreaking innovation, science, and technology. Inspired by the world's unrelenting change, De Beers Ignite is driven to develop creative solutions for the diamond industry, not only for existing challenges, but also for those it may never have faced before, helping you to achieve growth with efficient and accurate technologies throughout the diamond pipeline. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rappaport Diamond Podcast. My name is Avi Kravitz. I'm the Senior Analyst at Rappaport. And today's guest is Neil Ventura. Neil is the Executive Vice President of Strategy and Innovation at De Beers and someone that we've been wanting to have on the podcast for some time. And we're um, we're very um, happy to have you um, finally as a guest, Neil. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. Thanks very much, Abby. Great to be here. Um, great. And uh, as I said, we, we've uh, w- when we put our list of um, potential guests together, um, your name has come up in the past, and and it's um, it's great to finally um, bring you on the podcast. And one of the reasons is that you you have quite an extensive background in the in the diamond industry for as long as at least I've been in the in the in the in the trade. You've been at De Beers. Maybe if we can maybe start by just giving a bit of a background, um, a personal background of uh, how you came into the industry and uh, your development through the through the De Beers Group, etc. Yeah, sure. If we go way back, I mean, when I was, I think when I was twelve, my my grandfather had his own jewelry business, and uh, sadly, you know, passed on at an age where I was too young to really uh, sort of pick up where he uh, he left off, so to speak. But it, he certainly piqued my interest in this space. And broadly, uh, I had two I had two options really when I was setting out my career. One was to join De Beers at the time, big company, you know, promise of you know lots of growth prospects and international travel and so on and so forth. Or actually start um, a, a down the path of a jewellery um, apprenticeship in Manhattan Garden. Anyway, I chose the beers, and 31 years later, I'm I'm still here. I've been I've been very fortunate over those 31 years. I've 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 travelled extensively. I've I've sort of seen the supply side of the industry, so to speak. I've, I've seen the demand side of the industry. Um, spent a long time in, uh, in in Africa in my formative years. Um, worked on the sales side in India and out in the Far East. Uh, where I ran uh, ran my first business for De Beers. Uh, I've worked in um, I've worked in some of the main trading centres, particularly in Antwerp. I spent a fair amount of time in London, and I'm currently based out here in Singapore, uh, where I am, as you say, my in my current role. So, you know, whirlwind tour of 31 years, um, uh, uh, which which really covers off all my all my time with uh, De Beers. Seen, seen quite a lot, as you say, over that period. Amazing! I, I had no idea that you're um, that, that you're a second or third generation then in the in the industry. That's um, yeah. that's fascinating, and that <laughs> and that you you managed to it's bringing bringing it full circle as as they say. Um, and so now you you find yourself on the more sort of sort of strategic um, and innovation conversation, and you're heading what's what's referred to as the beers ignite. And that's a brand or a, a title that not many in the industry are, are, are really aware of. Um, can you can you give us a bit about um, a bit of an explanation of what De Beers Ignite is and where that fits into the um, into the De Beers Group? Yeah, sure. So 
really the way to think about um, De Beers Ignite is really, first of all, it's, it's the name that we've given to our overall corporate innovation program in De Beers, by which I mean you know, the overall way that we, that we think and approach innovation as a corporate. And, uh, you know, maybe if you just take a step back and just think about that term innovation, just to sort of really set the scene and, and the context. I mean, for, there's lots of different definitions out there, but the one that, 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 that we like, because it can often be one of those words that means so many things to different people, is this notion of taking ideas, whatever they may be, whether they're new process ideas, new product service ideas, or new business model ideas, through to impact. And so, you know, as a corporate, that's really what this Ignite overall program is about. Um, ideas take all different shapes and sizes across a company like ours. But the uh, common denominator is how do we move through the gears and take those ideas through to impact? So within that overall corporate innovation program, which I'm responsible for sort of setting up and, and steering across the company, I also uh, head up the, the core sort of innovation team, if you will, that sits at the center of much of the innovation activity that we undertake in De Beers, and that's also called Ignite. So you should think of Ignite really at those two levels, at the corporate innovation level and at the level of sort of the core functional team that sits at the heart of a lot of our innovation efforts. Right. Okay. So um, when we think about um, sort of De Beers, De Beers strategy um, and its attitude towards innovation, you know, we, we, we think of De Beers as, as this sort of legacy company that um, has always been involved in, in innovation and, and brought, uh, brought ideas to the market that have, that have driven the market in, in certain directions. And so you're developing um, different projects or is it a technology-based um, sort of uh, focus that, that you're, um, that you're uh, looking at or, or a bit of both? You're using technology to drive projects forward. Yeah. No, so I mean, let, me, let me just maybe unpack a little bit about, I guess, why we introduced it and also sort of uh, what you're scratching out there in terms of, you know, what's the sort of scope of activities and some of the things that we do. Because you're right, the business actually had quite a rich history of innovation in various forms over the years. One of the things that I, I found when I came into this role back in 2018 was that I didn't think it was overly clear how we were explaining to the outside world what our overall approach to innovation was. We had lots of great stuff going on. Typically, it was sort of a bit fragmented and a bit dispersed across across the group. And if you, if, if you were on the outside looking in, I don't think it was always as clear as it could be um, about you know, how we go about thinking about innovation and you know, what's the sort of full spectrum of activities that we undertake. So this was really why the notion of sort of putting all this together into a more coherent program uh, really came about. And that's really what led to the, uh, uh, the Ignite name coming into being. And, you know, we're also a market-facing team on the innovation front in many ways. We also sell and commercialize some of our technologies too. So that also sort of drove the imperative to make sure we're putting forward sort of one integrated, coherent approach to, to innovation out there. And, and so really what we've done over the last couple of years is we've built on the best of the internal practice that was already there, and there was plenty to sort of build on, but we've augmented it significantly by bringing the best of the outside world um, to bear into our thinking too. So what do I kind of mean by that? Well, we if you look at sort of the, the spectrum of stuff we do, 
today, it's it's broad. And you know, let me unpack that perhaps a little bit for you. I mean, we continue to we continue to undertake fundamental research on a whole number of issues, including you know things like synthetics. You mentioned technology. We absolutely continue to incubate promising technologies, whether those be technologies that help us with the recovery process uh, for our diamonds, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, identification and sorting type technologies, we continue to incubate uh, a broad spectrum of, of different types of technologies. We also have a growing focus in the last few years around trying to sort of incubate promising new business model ideas to sort of business model incubation to complement the tech incubation. And as I said, we also commercialize some of our technologies and have done for a number of years. Um, and so, you know, we've got that fair full spectrum of, uh, of activities in, in play. And we sort of integrated those um, as part of this Ignite effort. But also, Abby, we've also, we've also tried more consciously, I think, in recent years to bring the best of the outside world um, in to bear on our innovation efforts. So what do I mean by that? You know, we, uh, we've always sort of engaged to some degree with the, the broader ecosystem. We've had, for example, a whole host of research engagements with different universities in different parts of the world. That continues, and we'll look to build that out over the years ahead. We've also lent into the very exciting world of startups in the last few years and, uh, and started to um, better understand how the approach that a corporate needs to take to work with startups can best be can best be leveraged. So we've got the, the best of that world to, to to play alongside everything we might do in, internally. And that's been that's been a fascinating journey. There's so much going on out there, um, and uh, in full recognition of the fact that we cannot, nor should we even try, to do everything ourselves within De Beers. Sort of combining the best of what we can do internally, increasingly with the best of what's out there in the world, is is an integral part of how we sort of set out our ignite stall so to speak as part of this corporate innovation approach right so I think that gives you something what that's about yeah I mean, that's quite broad and and i think it'll surprise um some people um because you know when you think about de beers um the the initial the initial thought um is that it's a mining company it's a it's a it's a company that mines rough diamonds and then essentially um sells rough diamonds to the market but um, over the years, as we know, it's um, it's had influence and and um, brought other businesses to the market, also touching into you know into retail through Forevermark and the De Beers um, jewelry um, uh, jewelry stores, and um, it's it's got such a strong brand in that sense that um, it would be a natural uh, a natural thing for for um, for the company to. Be involved on on a, on a broader scale, um, bringing new businesses to to the market. So I'm wondering to to what to what extent has um, you know given all these all these projects and uh, and as, and factors that you've spoke about. To what extent is the market pushing the beers or or the other way around? Is the beers sort of bringing these um, these innovations um, to the market to to drive it in a certain direction, or is the market sort of uh, showing a need for for certain projects and and um, startups that De Beers is working with, or universities, or De Beers itself, and um, through Ignite is some um, sort of bringing an answer to that. It's a great question. Look, I think inevitably it's um, it's it's by design a blend of both. 
So I think what do I mean by that? I think there's always the imperative, in fact, increasingly the imperative to obviously put consumers and customers at the heart of innovation efforts. You've got to look at the sort of jobs to be done, if you will, that uh, that they're trying to accomplish and think about, well, how could we do a better job through our innovation activities to enable them to get that job done more efficiently, more effectively? So that's that's always there. That's 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 not changed. If anything, it's intensified. But I think also we've we've recognised, particularly as we've embarked on this approach and broadened it out to look at what's going on out, outside in the world even more. I think we've sort of seen that if you if you look out sort of three to five years, it's really important that we start to lean into some spaces that customers might not be talking about yet, but that we can see sort of coming over the horizon. And we've sort of built various capabilities as part of this approach to allow us to, I guess, better see around those corners and see over the horizons a little bit mm. and form a view of what we think might be coming. And so we inevitably end up with a bit of a blend between the things that we know would make a difference to customers' operations near term and equally the things that we think might be important to to De Beers and, and potentially to the industry further out. And how do you bring all of those together into sort of a balanced portfolio of of innovation activities and move forward on that basis. So right. I would say it's a blend between that sort of push and pull that you describe it. Can you give us an example of that direction, you know, when if De Beers is looking in five years' time where where the market will uh, and recognise uh, something that the, the market will, will need and is moving in that direction? Do you, do you have a um, practical example? Yeah, I mean, uh, if, if you wind the clock back three years, Abby, I would say... I would say something like Tracer was a good example of that. Um, yeah. If you wind the clock back three years, you know, I wasn't involved in too many conversations with customers that were talking to me at the time, or even in my former role in in De Beers auction sales um, about blockchain and you know smart contracts and all those sorts of things. So I think that was a space that we looked at and we thought it's early. It's potentially very disruptive technology. We should be leaning in and learning and exploring what that could potentially do for us and for the industry and so on and so forth. So I mean, I'd, I'd say that's probably one of the standout examples of where we've done that sort of thinking. And as you say, three years ago, that wasn't really uh, a topic of, of everyday industry conversation. Mm, well, it seems that over the last three, three years, I think, um, I, I, I don't even think beyond that, that the conversation within the industry has really intensified about innovation now if we if we if the 12 year old neil um had to make that decision today <laughs> you know whether to go into his grandfather's business it wouldn't necessarily have been to work on the on on the bench it might have you know there might have been certain innovation discussions that um that that, that you could have um had within that business model um and so um, so, so it has, uh, you know, within just within the last three years, are you seeing that broader discussion, or is it, you know, we, we, you mentioned Tracer. There's so many other platforms that are, are trying to do the same thing with blockchain and and various other, and and other areas as well. So, um, I mean, is the is the industry as a whole coming, you know, stepping it up when it comes to um, to this conversation about innovation? Look, I think it is. I think it is. I think um, if you wind the clock back a few years, I don't think it's being unkind on us collectively to say that we were probably a bit behind as an industry on a lot of this stuff. You know, the sort of the digital 
agenda, if you will. Um, but I think over the recent years, we've definitely um, we've definitely stepped it up. Certainly in the beers, it's it's been stepped up significantly. Um, and I think by necessity, you know, I think we've spoken quite a bit over the years about the need to, you know, to drive innovation through the sort of consumer and customer experiences, to use innovation for all the usual sort of operational type efficiencies and, and even start to look at innovation through the lens of sort of new business model possibilities. And, and really, that's why this full spectrum approach, I think, is, is so important to adopt because perhaps it was a little bit one dimensional. X years ago, mm. and now by necessity, I think the way the world's going is you've got to have a broader approach um, um, across the different forms of innovation. So, look, I think we're getting there. I think we've seen quite an acceleration um, over the last, say, three to five years. For an industry that's um, th- that's very traditional and and perhaps notoriously um, sort of hesitant to to change and embrace uh, embrace change. On the one hand, and then on the other hand, you, you know, if you go through the manufacturing sector, it's, it really has embraced technology and, and, the, and the technology that's used in some of the factories in, you know, in Surat and, and elsewhere is, is very impressive. And that's changed the way the, the, the diamond industry operates from a, from a production point of view. And I'm sure the same, the same is on the mining. How is this going to affect the supply chain? Um, are we looking at a more efficient supply chain where proce- processes are, um, are are made shorter, made uh, easier, and um, is that diamond journey um, just going to be looking a lot different in five years' time than we than we experience um, today and in the past? Yeah, maybe if we connect the previous question to, to this one, I mean, I think I think uh, on, on this point around industry adoption of of innovation. And then sort of zooming in on that on that second question particularly, you know, I think uh, uh, I think one of the approaches that that we increasingly take is the stuff that's kind of new to us in the industry um, is is not um, is not often you know new to the world or new to other industries, and so there's a hell of a lot of learning about the art of the possible that we can and should bring in from sort of beyond our traditional borders. I think that's a really important. Uh, sort of mantra or approach to adopt, because we're seeing we're seeing so many industries go through you know such fundamental change. Um, in many cases, driven by innovation, particularly new business model innovation in various sectors. And I think it's imperative that we that we look beyond our borders and bring the best of that outside world into bear into our world. And so you know when you watch that through to how will the, the sort of supply chain change over time. I mean, I would say yes to everything you flagged. I think the the journey that's underway at the moment is is one really with, I guess, a couple of key features that immediately spring to mind. Um, one is it's going to be a more responsive, um, digitally enabled supply chain X years into the future. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be, through digital tools, more ability to better understand demand um, and be able to sort of match that, if you will, with the supply response more on a just-in-time basis, more efficiently through these digital technologies. I think that's that's one theme that we can see unfolding today. I think it will accelerate in the years ahead. And the other is sort of in a related sense, the, the growing imperative amongst consumers and customers to provide more assurance on 
the whole traceability and provenance aspects of, of products. And I think even the sustainability credentials of some of those products will become increasingly important over the years ahead. And if you put those two things together, you know, there's such fertile ground for innovation in various forms to, you know, to, to, to play into in our industry over the next over the next three to five and beyond. Mm. And and I think it's, um, I mean, I, I'm not sure if it's a coincidence that this discussion is is happening at a time when I think that we're in a um, sort of an inflection point when it comes to to rough production. That um, the feeling is that um, global production has peaked and that we are going to be working on a lower level of production, um, at least in the short to medium term. And so the old models of sort of pushing supply would, um, I guess, you know, the, the, this new environment then requires a more efficient um, and sort of demand-based supply, as, as, you, as you more eloquently <laughs> um, described it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it also, you know, I think, uh, you know, for the traditionalists in the industry, they do, um, there, there is a, a, a level of concern. It's, um, as I say, there's a resistance to change. And when technology firms and innovation, people who are bringing innovation to the, com- to the, the industry talk about um, things like AI and automation and how it can be implemented into the, um, into this, into the, the distribution chain. Um, you know, there's a there is a fear factor involved. You know, what is the implication on jobs within the industry, for example? So, how do you um, ease those concerns for for people? I think um, that's a good question. I mean, I think the with with anything new like this, I think there's there's a, probably an initial period of lack of clarity and understanding all round, and so almost sort of step one is. To just unpack, um, just unpack all the all the hype and uh, and and, uh, and everything that's written and said about some of these technologies and, and, and try and get to try and get to what's real. I think then uh, a bit like we see with as you say with all of these technologies, they sort of wash through the industry. Is you you, you can almost sort of see a pool of people who perhaps we describe as early adopters, who you know I think. Try and get over that uncertainty and that concern by leaning in and starting to experiment and starting to learn from themselves through that sort of rapid, low-cost experimentation. You know, what's this all about? What does it mean for me? How might it work? What are the possibilities with it? Um, and uh, and sort of take take on that innovation mindset around some of these things, which I think which I think is the right way to do it because mm. um, I think there are dangers to to playing the wait and see game. So uh, I think if you sit on the sidelines for too long with some of these things and, and sort of wait until it's uh, all been shaped up and formed by somebody else and is now sort of washing across the industry at scale, then one finds oneself in sort of catch-up mode. So, you know, I think with all of these things, the uncertainty is always high at the outset. And so how best to reduce the uncertainty? Um, I, think it's, uh, I think it's through leaning in and starting to experiment in a small way doesn't cost very much money typically um, if, if you do it well it can be it can be a rapid cycle and you can learn a great deal through doing very very quickly and that will typically cut through the hype and get uh, and get you to what's real so you can work out okay what does this mean for us what does it mean for our customers what might it mean for other ecosystem players in the industry and you know start to forge a path based upon um, some actual knowledge rather than you know, the hype or 
what others are saying. So I, that's kind of the way I think about it, Abby. Yeah, well, I, I think a, um, a good example of how we've watched that play out would be at the, at the retail level and the, the adoption of online selling. Um, you know that initially there was um, there was this uh, perception that uh, that you couldn't sell jewelry online, and then the the early adopters did so and with 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 some success and and gradually um, it gained a momentum in today sort of like that uh, omni-channel platform and interaction between in-store and online is is vital for anyone and 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 I think the people who who remain uncertain are being left behind in that space. Yeah, yeah, agree. So, so I would like to just unpack one or two of your your projects. You, um, we we mentioned um, uh, Tracer, and um, f- for those who are not aware, Tracer is um, a De Beers led blockchain program, which enables um, traceability across the um, the supply chain. Uh, I hope I got that right. <laughs> um, can you give us an update on Tracer and where is Tracer at at the moment in its uh, in its development? Yeah, sure. I mean, if we, if we link it to the conversation so far, Abby, I mean, I think you know we sort of mentioned the internet. I, I think I think what blockchain more broadly is 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 doing. I think it's 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 one of the biggest changes in sort of the computing paradigm. I think we've seen probably since the internet. I think it's uh, I think it's a big deal, and I think it's got a lot of legs. It's obviously pretty new to us as a company. It's it's pretty new to us as an industry, um, and actually, you know, proven sort of scalable platforms of of this type are still relatively new to the to the broader world. But I, I just think what we've seen over the last, you know, five plus years, actually even longer, if you if uh, if you look at what what's been unfolding in you know, places like you know Silicon Valley, there's been a huge amount of entrepreneurial energy and and uh, and venture capital that's gone into this space, and just that the problem solving has just you know, just kicked up a pace over the over the last five years. I think it's here to stay. I mean, I saw some startling facts about the sort of level of um, Bitcoin transactions sort of exceeding visas um, in, a, in a in a given court earlier in this year. So you know, you, you've got some you've got some growing proof points around you know how this trend is is more broadly unfolding. For us, um, and with Tracer particularly, we, we've currently sort of refocused the platform, I guess, a little bit in this last 12 months to focus on fully proving out what we've uh, what we've built up so far, sort of end-to-end. Um, and we focused it on De Beers Diamonds uh, for now and working with De Beers customers really to support um, our existing brands and some of our emerging sort of programs around um, origin and, uh, and traceability. Uh, we're we're pretty happy with the progress we've made. I mean, you know, given what I've said about new to us and new to the industry, this is not easy, and this is not remotely comparable to trying to build out an existing technology for sort of a ten percent operational improvement gain. You know, this is truly sort of pioneering work. And we're not alone in this space. There are others, as you know, that are that are busy with this, and I think they'll all share that. You know, this is this is truly pioneering work. We we've seen. Um, Despite the sort of refocus, if you will, on, on De Beers Diamonds, we've got some dozen or so customers that remain very actively engaged with us on trying to build out this uh, this tracer platform and make it make it work for them. We've not always got it right in terms of our ability to be responsive enough, I think, to the customer needs in this regard. We have made a few errors along the way. But I think particularly in the last six months, 
some of the improvements that the team have made to the platform, you know, we're getting um, we're getting some glowing accolades coming back in from customers now about you know how much easier it is to use. This technology is often not straightforward to use, uh, and so on and so forth. And you know, we've got mm. we've got a significant portion now um, of our uh, our typical annual production up on the platform. So. Now we're we're seeing we're seeing good progress. We're going to continue to build this out for the immediate future, and then I guess at some point we'll uh, we'll take stock and decide best how to recast on what we're building here. But you know we're we're excited with the progress, but we're also excited about how we're building this new sort of digital foundation, if you will, um, that uh, I think will provide fertile ground for innovation um, for many 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 years uh, ahead. And, we're riding a broader wave here. I mean, what's unfolding in the in the diamond industry in this regard, we're seeing unfold across you know a whole host of sectors, um, and uh, I think it's a trend that's that's very much here to stay. Mm. All right. I mean, th- th- that's interesting. And I mean, our understanding was um, was that Tracer was initially built or, or, or sort of pitched as a as an industry wide um, project, and it sounds sounds from what you're saying that. Um, it's now um, sort of morphed into a more De Beers-focused um, uh, traceability program. For now. I mean, I think just to, just to give some context to that, Abby, I mean, I think obviously given what everyone's been navigating through over the last um, you know, 12 to 18 months with, with COVID, it was a fairly logical pivot for us at the time because mm. um, I think trying to sort of engage with this technology um, and put the necessary hours into doing that was probably not top of a lot of customers' priorities as they were, you know, trying to look after the, the health of their employees and uh, in some cases, you know, trying to manage the, the cash flow to survive the crisis. So I think things like engaging with with Tracer and traceability agendas probably slipped down their business agendas over that period. So it was a fairly logical pivot for us. Yeah. Um, look, well, we, we haven't shut off possibilities in the future, but, but right now we're just focused on trying to um, build this out uh, more fully uh, for our own diamonds, for our own customers, and for our own brands, and then we'll we'll take stock where we can we can go in the future. Like I say, I'm, I think the foundation that's being built here will be enduring for a very long time. Will provide very fertile ground on which we can innovate in new ways, um, not just as beers, but but with customers and potentially with others in the future. So um, so that's where we are. That's why we are where we are, and uh, we'll see where we go in the future. Right, right, and and I think the techno, as you say, the technology is still in its infancy, really. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, um, and and so it's uh, it's it itself is is also changing as as we go along. And um, the other two projects I wanted to um just run by you um and which are sort of highlighted on the Ignite um website is um Gemfair, which is your um program. Um, in which you're working with uh, the artisanal mining sector to to bring some, uh, uh, how would you describe it? I guess um, a formality to it, um, to to the to the artisanal sector, and and sort of um, help legitimise their their um, production and, and sales. And then thirdly, um, being the um, Lightbox program, um, which is your synthetic um, or lab-grown diamond brand how do those two programs sort of fit into the overall strategy of De Beers um, what was the thinking behind um, the focus on those two projects in particular so I guess the along with Tracer really those are uh, I guess three of the front-running examples of 
what I would label new business model incubations. When I, I spoke earlier about the different forms of innovation that you know we've increasingly been adopting in De Beers in recent years. Um, you know, building on our sort of strong tech background, you know, these three are good examples of business model innovation. So, you know, typically we'll we'll see a problem space, um, and uh, and then you know we will we will tend to ideate around how we might engage with that problem space. And if you know, if you take a gem fair for example, as you say that that we did see an opportunity to to try and create a new business model whereby we could formalize. Uh, the uh, the artisanal sector, but do so in a way where we could genuinely raise standards and make a difference. This is almost you know innovation for for uh, for, for social impact uh, in in one way. And really, Ferriel and the team have been doing a great job in terms of testing you know, different variations of that of that business model in recent times. I think uh, I think she's up to about 150 mine sites or so now that are that are registered in the program. And uh, you know, Ferri and the team just continue to um, experiment and try and pathfind the, the best way forward to sort of unlock that sector. And similarly, but in a very different setting, of course, with with Lightbox, you know, we saw the opportunity to to create essentially another startup, uh, if you will, and, uh, and and this one focused on on lab grown and the opportunity to um, you know really create what, what we continue to see as a very different product, you know, not something that's that's rare or valuable. Um, that's more suitable for life's lighter moments. You've got a completely different profile there to the natural business. You've got sort of very low cost of production. It'll get lower over time. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, lower, uh, lower product prices for consumers should, uh, should logically follow. So in both cases, we've, we've really just tried to apply, if you will, the sort of Ignite methodology that is part of this overall Ignite uh, program. To, to really try and test these things out, I guess, across three main lenses, Abby. One is, you know, for any business model innovation, you know, how do we how do we validate that what we're offering here is desirable to the target customers? How do we do that in a way that, that we're able to validate some of the feasibility? Can we actually can we actually deliver these propositions operationally? And then thirdly and critically, can we do so in a way that's commercially viable? To get something that's going to work and ultimately um, be able to scale in the future, it's critical that all three of those dimensions sort of check out. So in both cases, that's really been the focus of the last couple of years, trying to, from an innovation perspective, trying to trying to sort of build those out in a way where we validate all aspects of these models and we, 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 we work out how best to, to, to have the desired impact. Right. Okay. All three are such, such different uh, or touch such different areas, but I guess there is a... Um, a common dom- denominator in in the way you approach innovation, yes, and um, and uh, and then allowing those um, those each individual business units to to develop them, um, I guess, uh, independently um, with the, with the feedback. In that independent point is um, yeah, it's a it's it's a really important point. The um, one of the things we've we've learned through launching these these three startups and increasingly trying to apply this to as many innovation and initiatives as possible is you know how do you put in place those dedicated teams necessary to try and nurture ideas so that they can go through to to impact and often we've we've done that we've done that with with these three where we've got dedicated teams those teams are typically off-site uh, so to speak so they don't necessarily sit 
and sort of the corporate headquarters. Hmm. And uh, they have a degree of sort of autonomy, if you will, to, uh, to try and innovate a little bit more, perhaps, like a startup would. Right. Yeah. They're uh, out there in the real world. So that's an example of where we've tried to bring sort of the best of the outside world to bear on some of our uh, innovation efforts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before I let you go, I do want to touch on on rough production. And um, as as I mentioned earlier, I think that um, global production has sort of um, peaked um, around 2017 or 18. But when we look at the De Beers portfolio, um, it's it seems to be a very stable portfolio. Now there are one or two um, sort of exploration and um, early stage development projects, but what role does Ignite play in 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 the rough production story of De Beers and ensuring that there is a a, a longevity of production at the company? Yeah, so I think a couple of um, couple of comments would spring to mind on on that, Abby. I think one is a fair chunk of our sort of traditional core, if you will, of our innovation efforts in Ignite are very much focused on working with our mining teams to to try and improve mining performance across a number of different variables, um, not least uh, safety, but also sort of operational stability um, as well. So you've got all sorts of technologies that the team incubate and then deploy in conjunction with the operations to try and achieve various operational efficiency gains. That's been an unrelenting effort for, for many, many years now that continues. So that's definitely one. And and also the team engage with uh, the exploration colleagues that we have in De Beers, really looking at you know, what's, what's, uh, what's possible in terms of potentially new approaches to, to uh, the exploration challenge using, using technologies. So the Ignite team really have quite a sustained history of engaging with our mining colleagues to try and, uh, to try and help them you know, get their job to be done, so to speak managing those operations as efficiently and as effectively as possible. It's quite a broad role that you, you play in. And uh, I, it sounds to me that there's never never a dull moment and, and certainly <laughs> sort <enough>. of <laughs> touching touching every aspect of the industry, but really coming at it from a, from a different angle. Um, uh, I guess as a, as a closing um, question, what do you see in the in the next five years for the industry? Um, what, what you know, what we've touched on it a bit, and, and and you know the role that innovation is playing. But what would be your message to to our listeners and to the industry at large when uh, when when hearing all these about all these projects that are touching every aspect of the business? I think the message would be, I think it's really important that uh, everyone obviously forms you know their own. I guess worldview of of what's going to likely unfold over the next five years. You know what what we see may or may not uh, play out as uh, as as we see it, of course. But I guess from our perspective, some of the trends that we've seen accelerate in recent years, we fully expect to accelerate further over the next say three to five years. We've touched on a couple of those already in this call, but I mean, mm. I think you know, the whole digital drive. I don't think that's going anywhere sure. uh, anytime soon. In fact, quite the opposite. I think that's an imperative um, across so many dimensions. You know, how can we use digital to overhaul the consumer experience or overhaul the customer experience in a B two B setting? How can we use digital to to reimagine the supply chains that need to service those consumer and customer experiences? I think all of that 
is going to be very, very key. That there's even a human dimension of that, of course, as, as is always the case with innovation. How do we sort of retool our people to be able to make an outsized contribution in this in this more digital environment? So I think digital in all its forms is going to be a really big continued theme. And I think sustainability is going to be a really growing theme for innovation. You know, some of the challenges around things like climate change, circularity, you know, they they demand, I think, a very sustained and significant innovation effort if we're going to really solve some of the problems that they 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 they, they pose today, but also so that we can see some of the opportunities that come with exploring those new faces. So I think digital is going to be a big theme, Abby. I think sustainability agenda will be a growing theme for us and for the industry and uh, you know even if we just stop there with those two that's going to be a packed agenda for the next three to five years in innovation it'll, it'll keep us busy yeah it'll keep us busy well and and i think it's um it's it's to, to some it'll sound daunting but i think it's also um an encouraging message i think um if uh, it all depends on one's approach, and as an industry, if we if we embrace both of those, I think I think it'll um, we'll find ourselves in a in a growth mode as as um, as time moves on. So, Neil, thanks for that message, and thank you for um, for your time today. It's been um, it's been great having you on the podcast. It's lived up to our expectations. Um, I hope it has been interesting for you as well and enjoyable. Absolutely. Thanks very much for having me, Abby. It was. Uh... It was great to chat to you. Awesome. Um, so thanks and uh, thanks everyone for, for listening and we'll see you again soon next time. Have a great, have a great week. Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Ignite, a full-service innovation science and technology division within the De Beers Group, spearheading step change throughout the diamond industry. 